0: Imagine my surprise when I started watching this movie and I was like, wow, this is really close to what I had been reading in the Bible back then. <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia,
1: a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Tak. Skål. Vil du være, Martin? Den smager sgu godt, den her. Det er synd, du er så fornuftig. Skål. Det
2: er det faktisk lidt. Mm. Men spørgsmålet er, hvad der i virkeligheden er fornuftigt? Okay. Kommer der en teaser nu? Skal vi høre et eller andet evigt for dig nu? Ja, men det er jo det. ikke mig. Altså, det er jo det er, det er, det er fordi, der findes en norsk øh, filosof og psykiater. Oh.
0: Hello, everybody. Hey! It, what's going on? uh it is uh Rickatopia episode 49 and um today we are going to be doing another round that is the movie's title not another round like you jeremy last week i thought it was gonna be about golf or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um uh and uh anyway uh how are you doing today jeremy I'm doing all right. Uh, I
1: spoiled uh, a movie for a friend, but he is not angry. So, uh mm-hmm. I started <laughs> out the morning feeling bad and guilty, but now I feel uh I feel much better. I can't wait to talk okay. about this movie.
0: Okay, good, good. Um All right. Well, uh do you want have any uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry chat. Hey, how's chat doing today? Chat is yeah. out here. Uh on Twitch and YouTube uh on a Tuesday watching us uh do this live. Um and uh Slab Slab asks me, how's my neck? He uh I um I am doing okay. I'm doing okay with my neck. I was playing for what I guess four or five hours uh last night, uh The Last of Us on our Twitch stream. That was a lot of fun. I had never played the game before. So, anyway, thanks for all y'all who came out to watch me play that last night. So, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, do you have any small recommends, Jeremy? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small, it's tiny, it's petite, it's wee. I
1: do. It's almost like I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, Mm. Yesterday, in fact, nope, two days ago, in fact, uh, I happened to catch a 1999 movie I hadn't seen since 1999 uh but I'm a cheerleader uh, mm. <clears throat> I think
0: I've heard you I've talk about
1: this what's that I've never seen this oh okay I, th- I guess I guess I'm wrong I thought you had uh brought it well up,
0: but- we had they may have you may have caught up in the conversation at one point where we almost got to interview the director of this movie uh oh. because there was a anniversary like a 20th anniversary edition or something like that coming out and uh it didn't it didn't uh come to fruition but uh I would have watched it then. I just I've never seen it. Yeah. I, I this is a movie that's uh, on my list. I need to see it. It is uh I'll tell you right now, I was shocked
1: to see that it's 49 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, mm. which was it 49? 42. Ooh, it's even worse. That doesn't make any sense to me because if you do a little Googling, um, you will see that, and and I am by no means a spokesperson uh, for the gay community, but this movie is uh one that is from what i read adored by the gay community um Mm -hmm. and it's a 6.7 on imdb which doesn't really track with the rotten Tomatoes score but this is about natasha leone who is having a leona's ounce right now with uh, the russian doll series and now this new uh, ryan johnson show uh poker face that's going to be on
0: paramount Plus, peacock. Well deserved. Natasha Lyonne is awesome. I think everybody sort of understands that yep. and has finally understood that yep. after many years. Yes,
1: she is uh, the star of this movie. She's a cheerleader. She's dating a, a jock. Uh, she doesn't like kissing him though, and she ends up mm. looking at the cheerle- the other cheerleaders more. And she lo- she loves. This is a dark comedy. She loves Melissa Melissa Etheridge, so her family assumes she's gay, and stages an intervention for her. Uh, and sends her off to a gay conversion camp. Uh, some famous people who are in this: uh, Michelle Williams, really young; Melanie mm. Linsky, really young; mm. Clea mm. DuVall, really young; uh, <clears throat> RuPaul, younger. Uh, yeah. Kathy, yeah. Kathy Moriarty runs this uh, camp where they're trying to convert them. And uh, the first thing they have to do is get her to admit that she's gay. And she's like, "I'm not gay," um, and It doesn't take very long before she realizes that she is gay. Uh, Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, there's just a lot of comedy, a lot of hijinks. Uh, The ways they try and rebel are kind of hilarious. It's got a Tim Burton kind of look and feel uh, in terms of the sets and uh, the music, and uh i laughed all the way through it i really really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it uh and it's on paramount plus and showtime right now uh if you want to give that a look uh but it's but i'm a cheerleader
0: okay all right yeah i need to i need to watch this this is like i said it's it's one of those that comes up every once in a while every few years and it's like oh yeah i've forgotten that i haven't seen that yet so yeah i need to watch that for sure um so uh a couple weeks ago i watched for the first time you're, this is going to be surprising to you, Jeremy. I'm not saying this sarcastically, but the first time I ever watched Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ.
1: Oh, I can't wait to hear what you think of this movie.
0: Um, I think I had an internet issue this for, for a second. Um, So, yes, um, I had been told, because I was uh, a young Christian at the time this movie came out, that this was blasphemous and that, like, you know, that that this is not the story of Jesus, that we know it, and blah, 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 blah. Imagine my surprise when I started watching this movie and I was like, wow, this is really close to what I had been reading in the Bible back then. <laughs> <laughs> like. Eerily close. And I don't know what it was all I don't know what it is about this movie, how it Scorsese does here, but um, you know how you watch a lot of religious movies, especially movies about Jesus, and there's just something about it's either the production value or it's the way they convey the messages or whatever, that they are like afraid to make anything badass or serious or whatever. It's just all like it's I don't know. It's always la 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 something. I don't know whatever. There's like actual serious discussion in this movie. Like like that a, most a lot of this movie is just like people talking and stuff. But it's just riveting all the way through. Willem mm. Dafoe plays Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in this movie. Harvey Keitel plays Judas. There's an ev- there's even a cameo by David Bowie in this. I think he's playing Pontius Pilate. Um and it's just it's pretty straightforward. The only time it's not straightforward, and this is something that you alluded to in uh, when you watched the Green Knight, is that uh, there's a point where he is about to die on the cross and an angel saves him and he lives his life not having been sacrificed. And he ha- he he takes uh, I think he takes Mary Magdalene as a girlfriend and a wife and he has mm-hmm. kids and he uh, sees what his life he he sees what his life is, he his life is and, you know after when he doesn't die on the cross and everything and then of course it pulls the rug out from under you and you find out that he's been thinking about this on the cross the mm-hmm. whole time mm-hmm. and so. I guess you can't have any creative liberties with like, you know, what could have happened because they would have put that in the Bible, I guess, if they really wanted to like, this is what would have happened. Like, like I guess the Bible was supposed to be a multiverse type of thing. You can't have any kind of creative input. I think
1: the backlash as I remember was like a lot of religious backlash to films. It, It happened before the film even came out. It was like, it was like, doing it in advance. I don't think a lot of people who, who talked out against it even saw it. And if they, did, they think didn't so they did understand it because mm-hmm. it's again, I don't, I'm not a person of faith anymore, but if I were, this movie would make me feel even stronger about it to consider mm-hmm. that, you know, all my life I was taught Jesus died for my sins uh, while he was on that cross. I'm, I'm part of what he was doing that for mm-hmm. the idea that he, had an opportunity or even a vision even some non-sacrificial desire in his brain but still chose to do it i think makes it more powerful and i don't know what the religious people were all upset about
0: i i I was my my jaw practically dropped to the floor watching this thing going wow this is like really sensitive and really like just a more serious adaptation of this of these stories, like something that we should all we could all benefit from by by uh, by watching it this way instead of this whole like I don't know what like I said I haven't I haven't been able to study religious films enough to real to, to know what is the deal with them. Like what makes what makes all those things like so like unserious? A lot of times, mm. is it just the production value? Is it just the acting? Because there's some serious actors in this. Yes. Um. And then you know, and then you get stuff like Passion of the Christ, which is like it's more like, well, let's see how dirty and violent we can get, and like it just there's there's a little bit too much going on there. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. this one's just. Uh, this one is a more deft handling of the whole thing. And yet people went out in droves to watch passion of the Christ,
1: passion of the Christ only made the money it made because churches rented out theaters by the dozens. I mean, (laughs) all over the country, every church (laughs) scheduled some kind of screening or joined up with another one. Mm -hmm. And, and actually Mel Gibson, who I can't really tolerate much anymore was very savvy about marketing this because he went, to major cities and gathered clergy and showed them the film. And then they went back to their congregations and we were like, you, you're, you're going to want to see this. This is powerful. It's really, mm-hmm. really smart grassroots marketing. But yeah, um, yeah, I think a much harder film to watch and for me does not underscore the love of Jesus quite the way the Tem- Last Temptation does. And I did not yeah. even realize until today that you did not get my Green Night, The Last Temptation of the Green Night joke like yeah. a year ago or whenever I made it. That I, was I a mean, really I, good joke
0: i sort of i mean i i mean i gleaned into that that was what was happening when the uh when that sequence started and everything but i did you know what i i kind of forgot a little bit that's how good the movie was Mm. i kind of forgot i was like caught up in the like oh this is different okay they, they did do they did take some liberties or whatever and then yeah. like as it got closer i was like oh yeah this is something that jeremy was saying like in the green night like the <laughs> whole like you know saw, saw what his life would be if he didn't do the or it's like or it's the double ending where you, where it's like well it could have gone this way but it's yeah. really going this way or whatever yeah. so uh anyway i recommend it uh for those of you this was like a glaring hole in my scorsese Filmography. So mm. uh really good stuff.
1: And I probably saw this. I saw this in college, I'm sure, with Josh. Mm-hmm. And I probably only barely knew Scorsese goodfellas. That's probably all I knew at that point. I was so I'm such an infant in film. Yes, my shirt, by the way, <laughs> is an aliens reference.
0: Yeah, Josie the cat.
1: Somebody in the chat asked. Um <clears throat> it's one of my favorite shirts ever. Um, my second small recommend. I'm so glad mm-hmm. we liked Last Temptation. Um yeah. Is a uh, brand new, three or four days old true crime documentary on Netflix called The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. Oh, um, <clears throat> my wife is on uh, an incredible binge of true crime documentaries and docuseries. Um, she's been at it for three or four months. And every Sunday, we try and watch a movie together. And um <clears throat> I was poking around at what's new on Netflix and saw this and now she's into true crime. So I suggested it. And, uh, it's only like a 10 year old story. Uh, but it still feels like an odd time capsule. Uh, this guy, you see here on the screen, his name is Kai. Uh, and he went viral because there was a car accident where a vehicle drove into, uh, like a fruit stand or something and hit somebody. And then some women came over to try and help that person. And the driver got out and started beating the women. The passenger was this hitchhiker here, Kai, who had a hatchet with him. And he ran after the driver and hit him over the head three times, once with the sharp end, incapacitated him. And the news shows up right about then and interviews him. And he is... A skateboard loving surfer bro, who seems to have this genuine like love of life and people. Like the, the reporter asks him a question, and, he, and the kid says, "But before I start, I just want to tell everybody out there, you're worthwhile. No matter what mistakes you've made, uh, no matter who you know who you've been in the past, you are worthy uh, of love." And Mm -hmm. then he says okay and then he tells a story but he's like bro man like i got up and then i was like smash
2: smash
1: and he's so animated and such a character that he went viral like that Mm -hmm. um like they did their news report this was just a local affiliate in whatever the hell state this happened in it might have been california oregon something like that um and uh the reporter decides to upload the whole six minutes instead of just what made the news And the next morning, that has half a million views and is racing up. And that's him being viral. Instantly, a whole world is trying to get a hold of this guy and interview him. And only this one local affiliate reporter, who is a sports reporter that was sent out for the first time to cover a a car accident instead of sports. Mm -hmm. Only this guy has this dude's phone number. Um, The Jimmy Kimmel show wants him. Uh, The Kardashian producers want to do a, a reality show with him. Um, And as, as even the description will tell you of uh, this movie, uh, it gets dark. Um, mm. He ends up being arrested for murder. Um, mm. And the way the film, it's a pretty good documentary. I'm much more interested in the story uh, than the particular filmmaking here. But I do appreciate how they circle back after we've learned some of the horrible things he's done to the things he said in that first interview, whatever mistakes you've made, you're worthy of love. And you realize he's talking to himself Mm. as much as anyone else. Uh, It's an hour and a half. It's a really bizarre story. Um, And uh, they got to interview a lot of people connected to the story. They did not interview Kai, uh, but they interviewed everybody who came in contact with him uh and uh i thought it was pretty entertaining so there you go <clears throat> did I, did
0: I, did i miss the detail here or or what but it, i i'm sitting here thinking did someone pick up kai and he was holding a hatchet at yes. the time he was oh a hitchhiker, and
1: he had a hatchet in his bag i feel um,
0: oh it was in his bag he wasn't just like holding it out like like, hey, give me a ride. Or no, something. no, it was in his bag. He had a big backpack. <laughs> okay. um, and I'm sitting here I thinking don't... of this guy like holding a hatchet, and the yeah. head, and the so car comes by, and like, yeah, come hop on in. <laughs> yeah, that is
1: a crazy picture. But I mean, even <laughs> the driver of that vehicle, there are there begin to be some questions. It's, it nothing is as it seems at that first news report. And uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate those kind of documentaries that take something that seems interesting or weird. And then like that tickling documentary that just goes.
0: Yeah. 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 That, that, Oh my God, that tickling documentary. (laughs) What a, that that, seriously, that just shows how bizarre this world is a lot of times. And it's reason why a lot of times I don't jump to conclusions about any story that comes out because you just never know when it's just pure psychosis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so. Oh my god. Yep. <clears throat> um. We 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 might want to like full recommend the tickling. Oh man, people are
1: going to be so uncomfortable. <clears throat> oh my god. We should at some point. I'm going to add it to my list.
0: Um. All right. So I uh, I uh, I was looking at the uh, sight and sound. Top whatever it was, oh, yeah. and uh, the Cr- Criterion's got a whole bunch. The Criterion Channel's got a whole bunch of these on on their channel right now, and uh, um, one of them is a 1990 Iranian film called Close Up, um, and it is uh, a really interesting way to do a biopic slash more heavily documentary than biopic type of thing. Um, it is about a man who is posing as a famous Iranian filmmaker, um, uh, who, uh, has found his way into somebody's house and is pretending like he needs their house for his next movie. And he's going to put all the people in the family in his movie and everything. And, uh, and that's what we hear right off the bat. There's a reporter who gets into a cab. And he tells the whole story. He's like, Yeah, there's this guy. And that's the this way the story is told. It's not like you see this guy who's doing all this whatever. This he's he's posing as this guy. You don't see any of that. You just see a guy, a reporter saying, Yeah, I'm gonna go check on on I'm gonna check on the story. This guy told me that this stuff's going on. I'm gonna check it out. So they arrest the guy, and a lot of this movie is this dude in court, and it's his actual court like appearance in wow. the movie um, uh, saying, this is what I was planning on doing. This is what I needed. This is what I was, uh, this is what, uh, this is what my goal was. And then the family is like, you know, he obviously was, you know, trying to perpetuate a fraud and maybe possibly take money or be a, 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 be a burglar of some sort and whatever, but he's not on trial for burglary. He's on trial for impersonating this famous director, which, I looked up this famous director and this just shows you how freaking sheltered we are. Sometimes this guy is like considered like one of the, an all time great. And I have never heard of him before. Oh wow. Um, And, um, and so I'm going to look into, uh, I'm going to look into his movies at some point. Um, uh, Let me, let me look up this guy's name real quick. Um, It is uh, his, the name is Mosin. Makhmobaf. Makhmobaf is his name and he's a famous Iranian director and he's done a lot of like stuff. And um and so like uh the the whole movie is like trial stuff and then there's some like like some sort of like re- reenactments by the people who were in who the by the actual people hmm. in the movie. So there's like stuff where it's like shows him on a bus hmm. talking to this woman who's a part of this family. And he is, uh, he's he's reading the script from this movie that this guy made, and um, and uh, the woman's like, "Oh, I really love that movie. It's called The Cyclist or whatever." He's like, "I really love that movie," and he says, "Oh, thank you. I made that movie," and uh, and then he signs the copy of the screenplay and gives it to her, and it starts this big, huge fraud. And you go through this whole thing wondering what was the point of all this. <laughs> There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like, you you hear some of his reasons and you're like, okay, that sounds like a perfectly, I mean, not, you, nobody would do this. I mean, nobody <laughs> normal would do this, but that sounds like a perfectly reasonable explanation. But then you're like, is he still, is he still perpetuating a fraud of some sort in court? Is he, is he just, is that, is he just saying that just because? you start learning a lot of details about his life and what might motivate him to do this type of thing and, and whatever. And the, the family's like acceptance of this guy for a while is really interesting too. Like the, like at the when the guy gets arrested, this, the main, uh, the father of the family is like, Oh, we knew all along that he wasn't that guy, but we just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you knew all along. (laughs) it's it's one of those things it's it's a fascinating movie it's an hour and a half um it's got an 8.2 on the imdb that i think is well well deserved uh uh it's just it's it's just an unusual movie considering how it's done it's it, it, it at first you're like I thought this was a biopic and then you realize, I mean, maybe they just shot it like a documentary, but there's stuff that's documentary and there's stuff that's reenactment with the real people that make you go, Oh, okay. So this is, this is real. And by the end of it, the, the, the real director shows up and has a talk with this guy. Oh my gosh. And everything. So a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of like, like intrigue in all of that i was very surprised uh at this movie had never heard of it before
2: yeah, and
0: uh and uh and uh i recommend it today all right
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Groovy. all
0: right on to the big recommend
2: the big one
1: Call one 800 usa Lexus for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.
2: I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it?
0: I noticed. Yes, the big one. This was. Uh, this is uh, 2020, um, a 2020 movie from Denmark called Another Round, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Um and i am very going to be very interested to hear what you think about this movie jeremy because you know <laughs> you take your chances when you ha- when the uh, you know the other person hasn't seen it right uh and everything but i love the intriguing premise of this um it starts off uh as sort of a an ep- a prologue to this whole thing is like a bunch of kids running around it's called the lake race of some sort or whatever they drink they have to like run around this course and drink, and run around this course and drink more, and so on, and and you get points off if you vomit and you do all this stuff. So it's like a big thing, the lake race. And by the end of it, some of these kids have gotten on a subway and they handcuff a cop to a to a to a, a railing, and uh, so the school. That uh has a lot of these kids is like well maybe we should have some uh restrictions about drinking maybe maybe we uh, we're too permissive about drinking in this <laughs> school and in this country and mm. everything um this sort of is, is, is of the way of getting into the school and four teachers who are friends at the school one is martin played by mads mickelson Uh, and, uh, you have, you have other guys in here. Uh, what is this? Frank is one of them. I think Frank is a guy, um, looking this up real quick. I know this is great radio folks. And wow, that my, the thing that I had up was not there anymore. Uh, uh, so you have, you have, uh, Martin, Tommy, Nikolai, and Peter are all in there. Uh, Tommy is the, like the soccer coach or the football coach, whatever you want to go. Ah, uh, Nikolai is a psychology teacher, um, and uh, and uh, and Peter is a music teacher, and um, uh, they go to uh, Nikolai's fortieth birthday, and they are they're having some drinks, and Nikolai brings up a guy by the name of Gosh, this is a tough one. This is a tough tough name. Um, it's a it's Finn. Finn Skarterud, Scarter, I believe, is, is is the name. It's a psychologist who's, who apparently famously said that people are born with less alcohol content than they should have. Like, 0.05 is where you should be at at all times. Apparently, this is a misrepresented quote, by the way. It's not mm. something that he actually said as a as a real thing. Or I'm whatever. glad to hear that, to Yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, apparently it's, is it pr- pronounced Nicolaj? you have to split you do the j and everything I don't know I do um the j. Uh, <laughs> yeah you do the j yeah you do um uh, but we we we're they they say well maybe we should uh try to be to have the just the appropriate amount of alcohol in our systems when we're teaching class now, Martin is our sort of our main character. He, we see him right off the bat. He has completely burnt out Mm and he is, he's in a, he's in a class talking about something. He's going on this tangent and one of the students, this is interesting. I wonder if this is common in other places, like in the United States, this would not be a thing that would happen. I don't think, I don't think. But He's on some sort of tangent and he says, and and one of the students is like, weren't we talking about Winston Churchill? And he's sitting there talking about Western advanced industrialization, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, and he goes, yeah, yeah, let's get back on to Churchill, uh, you know. And he starts talking about World War One and Churchill, and he's like, Excuse me, what did you say? Did you say World War One and Churchill? And he's like, Yes, yes, of course, because Churchill. Uh, blah blah. It's very matter of factly talking about Churchill and World War One, and the student just up and walks out, and um, and then that leads to uh, a a whole bunch of students and parents getting together and saying, "We can't afford you to be teaching our students when you're you're going to give them Cs and C pluses and everything like that, and you're not even teaching the class properly." So he grabs on to this alcohol idea because maybe it'll be that last you know that last hope for him to be like maybe he will be good or whatever um and so they they all start doing this they all start drinking before uh they teach their classes and surprisingly yes martin seems to ha- seems to be a lot more with it he's like uh he's 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 given he's making the class fun and uh and um and so uh it looks like he's he's turned a corner and then the guy the psychology teacher he seems like he's he's turned a corner the guy who's teaching the soccer kids he's like he's found somebody they call him specs and this one i don't know how it's how it translates in the danish or whatever but but <clears throat> they call him specs and and he's taken that kid under his wing it's probably it's a it's an arc that's the most heartbreaking of the whole movie for sure I agree. Um, uh, but he's taken this kid who's, who's like not looked highly uh, upon on this team, not given much of a chance, laughed at a lot, you know, he's got glasses, the poor bastard and, um, and, uh, and, uh, he's, he's trying to, trying to give him some confidence and the music teacher is, uh, is, is, is also seemingly doing better, but then they think maybe we should try to do more than this. Hmm. which I think is odd, but they're doing it all as a part of an experiment. They think they need to do this like a scholarly way. And uh, so, so, so so that was their first attempt. Let's see what happens when you drink too much. And it starts to become apparent. Like it becomes a problem when uh, these, when these guys are coming in a little bit more loaded than usual, they're like running into things, tripping over things, falling over stuff, you know, And their home lives are starting to get a little bit, like, worse, too. Now, Martin starts off, like, almost saving his marriage, it looks like, for a while. His marriage is kind of in a rut and is on the verge of about to being separated and divorced and everything like that. But his newfound uh, uh, success with this alcohol and everything has gotten him more confidence and he's doing more things with the family and everything but as he drinks more and more, it's becoming, it's actually becoming more of a problem than it is, uh, something that's helping out. And a lot of these guys are finding that, Uh, the, uh, the Nicolaj character, um, uh, is, has a, like, he has a young wife and like 80 kids. It's like a ton of kids. I don't, it might be only three kids, but it feels like 80. Uh, and that's the way that movie is making it. And, you know, he's, um, and, uh, and his, his marriage starts to get on the rocks as well. Uh, and the, uh, the lonely, um, the lonely Peter guy, the lonely Tommy guy who's doing all the, uh, well, I guess Peter's lonely too. They, they always joking about him not being able to get dates and things like that. But, yep. but the, but, uh, Tommy has gotten, he takes it to an entirely different level he is obviously depressed and he's going, he's veering towards alcoholism. I think quicker than anybody on this, on this thing. And it's gotten to the point where there are people finding alcohol bottles in the clubhouse and, and he's having to say, well, I don't, you know, you think, you think kids could come in here and do this type of stuff. And it's getting very, it's getting very clear to the school that there are, teachers or faculty who are drinking and they don't know who it is yet uh but this all comes to a head when tommy walks in to a a teacher meeting of some sort where they're trying to figure out who who's been drinking and he kind of ends up having to take the fall for all of his buddies on this he walks in stumbling drunk yeah um he gets fired immediately he gets he get martin takes him home they have a parting conversation that's really sad it is tommy says tommy says you don't you guys don't have to come out here if you don't want to you don't have to call me you don't have to do anything and he's his his, everything about his character has gotten to a really sad point uh and and so sad uh it gets to as it gets to the end of this movie he gets on a boat with his dog and does not even put a life vest on. I think he puts a life vest on the dog and then he mm. goes out into the water and you see a lot of all this stuff like cutting away, cutting away and it comes back to the boat and just the dog is on the boat. Um, it is a really, really sad part of this movie that yeah. I had forgotten for some reason. I, mm. I, I had forgotten from the first time I watched it that that's what happened to him. And, um, but it's a, a, a really sad thing. And of course you see his kids, his, uh, his soccer kids specs in the back row at the funeral at the very end. And specs puts the flowers on his coffin when when it's when he, when they load it up on the car. Um, uh, so it's a really sad thing, but Martin, Martin is, uh, like his, his one last ditch effort to save his marriage appears to have failed. And, Uh, He says some things he shouldn't when he's like super drunk one night and it looks like that's completely over. But then there's like some very uplifting texting going back and forth at the end because after he tries to get back together with her and she's like, I can't believe you right now. We're just talking about what we're doing with the kids. We're not talking about getting back together and all that. He says, I really miss you. And then she she sort of ends this conversation but then later on she texts him with no context or whatever with no other text before it just saying i miss you too um and um and then yeah and the and the uh, psychology teacher he gets back with his wife and there's a whole new element apparently to the thing the music teacher even finds love at the end so they do a lot of like 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 real positive stuff to, to like anchor that horrible tragedy that goes on with the Mm. other guy. Mm. Um, and it has an ending. I don't know that I, you can, I guess you can interpret it in a lot of ways. Mm. He's drinking a lot at the end with all these kids who have graduated and he's happy to be dancing around with these kids. These kids, these kids love him and everything, but he's just like dancing all over the place. And then he ends up jumping in the water uh by the end of it and and that's how the movie ends
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like mm-hmm. and you have to sort of interpret it as uh is are things really good does I, he need to like
1: yeah i'm go ahead. curious if you have a firm opinion on what you believe that ending means because i do and i googled and i'm in the minority <laughs> mm, yeah yeah um Well, uh, before we get to that, um, well, I think it's tragic. I think the ending is tragic. I think the ending, uh, it appears that most people view it uh, to be uplifting, Um, in part because he has refused to do this jazz ballet dancing the entire movie when he's been asked. And in this final scene, he's asked, and he finally not only does it, but embraces it. Mads Mikkelsen was actually a former dancer. uh, Mm. And you can tell in this scene. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I understand that interpretation completely. I really do. But he, Mm -hmm. he ignores a text from his wife and gets blasted. And then jumps into the water where his friend died. And I feel like this is, this is, it's going to get him again. Like, yeah he was there he had his wife she's texting i miss you things are turning around and he's like let me down this entire bottle of champagne and start dancing and jump into the water with my clothes on and my phone in my pocket like yeah and I, i feel like the reason i feel like this is tragic is because he has a moment in the middle of the film that broke my heart where they've done two phases of this alcohol experiment the first phase was point zero five try and keep yourself mm. at that they've got breathalyzers mm. they have sneaking flasks the second phase is uh well mads just does it himself and comes into the meeting at like point like point one one mm-hmm. um and, were, and one of the guys was like what were you at you're teaching on fire or whatever and he's like it was like point one two point one <laughs> so they all do that And then he goes canoeing with his family and camping for the weekend. And there's this title card where it says 0.0%. And Mm -hmm. he's being a great dad. Kids are having fun. His wife and him have sex in the tent. And this is for me, a realization for him that I actually don't need alcohol to come alive again. It may have sparked what I have now become, but I don't need it. And so then phase three, they're all at, at one dude's house, and he says, I think we have to experience the whole spectrum, meaning Mm -hmm. we have to at least go to the highest blood alcohol content possible. And theres they've been fudging the scientific method the whole movie, but there is no defending this as part of an experiment. And Martin immediately goes, this is the end of the line for me, guys. Yeah. I am out. They make this delicious-looking, sounding drink, they all drink one and he is just about to leave and they convince him to have a sip Yeah, and then it's all downhill. And then by the next morning, his marriage is over and he's found out his wife was cheating on him. And yeah. he, it could have all been saved if he'd gotten out of that room right then. Like I wrote one of my only notes I wrote, I was riveted by this movie. One of the only notes I wrote is this is like watching a slow motion car crash. Like mm-hmm. even in the first hour when it's going well, Uh, there was this sense of doom for me that like a movie like this can't end by saying it went well Uh, and then staying drunk every day. Like the movie has to be saying something negative about what alcohol can do to your relationships and your profession. Um, But it does have a lot of laughs for a movie that is in my opinion, quite serious in its message there's a, that scene where they all get wasted. The wife is on her way out before they get drunk. And she says, don't forget to get fresh cod for tomorrow. And he goes, okay. Yeah. She goes, fresh cod. And he's like, mm-hmm. fresh cod, dear. And she leaves. And the guys are all like, fresh cod. Don't forget the fresh cod. So yeah. then they get absolutely obliterated. You they, go, they go to a the bar. Nightmare. One guy has lost his clothes, is playing the piano. And then they go to a grocery store where they are drool, spit, fall over drunk. Mm-hmm. And somehow the, the grocery store guy understands fresh cod and says, "No, we only have frozen." They knock some shit over, and it hard cuts to them at the pier fishing for cod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I—I I had to pause it; I was laughing so hard. And uh, says something like, "I'm going to catch a crab, and then I'm going to use the crab to catch the cod." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if. It, it,
1: the movie I think plays well with the, the heavy and the comedic aspects. Um, And yeah, I think the end uh, is meant to appear uh, happy and hopeful, but underneath is this sense of foreboding and dread for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, so you said you read or you're saying in general, you've read before where you uh, think of an ending one way and everybody thinks the other way. Did you, did you read anything about this ending at all like do do people <clears throat> generally think this is a happy ending because most people think this is a happy um ending uh, i'm with you man i don't think it is um I, the, there's something about the way this movie unless the movie is sort of forgetting what it did in the previous like you you laid it all out the reason why i think this is a, a bad ending um the whole thing about him realizing he doesn't need to drink. And then he goes back to drinking after he's, after they've told him, uh, you know, after he's told them I'm done, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to be with my family now. Everything's cool. And then when he's getting texts now, he could have been, he could have been already in the throes of drinking alcohol when she did what he was drinking. Yeah. He was drinking before the texts came in. Yes. But it doesn't, The text doesn't come in and then he's like, oh, I need to stop doing this now. He goes full on into it after that. Mm -hmm. And we could say that it's celebratory all we want to, but considering the message of this movie, him doing all this dancing and then jumping into the water at the end seems like a bad thing. Like, it seems like he's hasn't learned a lesson there and that in fact, he was able to do all of this stuff without consequences in, in the end, because she came back to him anyway. So like, I, I, I've got the same feeling about this. I got this feeling the last time I watched it too, that mm. it wasn't as a happy, it wasn't as happy as the movie seemed to make it seem like, because it's, it's giving you this false sense of security with her with her text saying, I miss you too. And we need to get back together and so on and so forth. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's maybe he's this is his last his last drink he's ever going to have. Maybe that's how we. get think or some his last people, excessive drink.
1: Yeah, I think some people are interpreting it that way. I don't. I, I, why give us the scene of them being really awkward about ordering alcohol in the in the cafe? You know, if if and if you're then going to say this is only a celebratory because once they see the students go by, they can't get out there fast enough and Mm -hmm. they know on some level those kids are wasted the kids offer them alcohol and they take it readily and within five minutes they're all wasted and Mm -hmm. i I think the movie has a lot to say about alcohol and i drink a little (laughs) bit of wine every night and i think everybody drinks alcohol for mostly the same reason uh, because it feels good um and you know there are dangers to drinking too much uh and i think the movie is well aware of that and i feel like the movie is saying yeah this, he's, he's not going to get back together with his wife she's going to see this is just going to it's this demon has him now and he's going to need help to get away from it i don't know
0: <clears throat> yeah absolutely oh, um man. all right well uh i'm glad that you enjoyed this movie uh you never know when like i said when you have the other person hasn't seen it yet they could interpret a lot of things differently and or just not connect to certain things. I am very happy that you uh, connected with this. Okay, so what did you come up with as your double feature for this movie? Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret?
2: A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone.
1: A I've got a I really wish I could give you a huge surprise here um Mm -hmm. because for a really long time i wanted to find a movie um about normal people who do a tiny crime and then get addicted to it and keep doing more crimes and then get busted because i felt like that would be a fun parallel and i couldn't ever find anything that worked perfectly and i see already davis said leaving las vegas that was what i settled on for a good while Uh, Mm -hmm. but i have decided instead the double feature will be sideways Um, oh
0: okay yeah
1: good one my most recent viewing of this movie a month or so ago, uh, it felt darker to me than, I mean, it's a fairly light movie in general, and you're meant mm-hmm. to largely laugh. Um, but I think I think Miles is tr- a tragic, tragic character. And yeah, at the end, yes, the girl calls him back, and there's some sort of optimistic hope that they might get together. But all throughout the movie, we see that, that he talks of a good game about loving wine for its qualities and yada yada, but he, he loves to just get wasted. The movie yeah. opens with him hung over and his friend knows it. Uh he can't help but go too far. Don't no madman tonight, he says. Uh and near the end we see him. She has said to him that the, the the day you open a bottle of blah, 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 blah is, is the celebration itself. You don't have to save it. So he goes home from this wine trip and gets that fancy ass bottle of wine and goes to like Arby's or someplace and sits down yeah. to like a fast and he's eating French fries with this expensive bottle of wine because he just needs to feel good. Mm-hmm. He's, he does not like himself. Um, yeah. I think there are a lot of parallels here and I really like that there's alcohol uh theme under both uh where the you know the excesses of it you know cause damage they take their toll Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i went with sideways i love it
0: and i love the hell out of sideways too so yeah this is a great choice and uh yeah uh i think that's a a fantastic double feature one that will leave you uh wondering what to feel by the end and out of with alcohol because they're both ostensibly comedies with yes. drama mixed in and um so yeah it's uh leaving las vegas is just straight up depressing drama
1: yeah if he doesn't start that movie with the intention of drinking himself to death, that would be a, a double feature for another right. round uh, but these guys in another round don't don't really get there on purpose um uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway um
0: all right, so what have you chosen for next week's homework
1: okay kids i am gonna go way the f back in time to Ooh. 1949 holy crap and i'm gonna recommend a movie that my mother showed me and i laughed my ass off as a child and it's the inspector general oh um, okay i've never seen this this is danny k um I, I think people quote uh and talk about court jester from this same era a lot more often than Inspector General. They're both great. Court Jester's amazing. Uh, but I am happy to, to an extent that you haven't seen this. Um, Danny Kaye is one of the stars of White Christmas. I grew up watching that movie twice, three times a year with my mom. She loved it. Mm-hmm. She loved Danny Kay. She started showing me other Danny Kaye movies like Court Jester and Inspector General. This is about a snake oil salesman um, who's an idiot who mm-hmm. ends up in this town that mistakes him for a government official, the inspector general. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it, in many ways, comes with lots of, you know, pomp and circumstance and gifts and a fancy room and meals. But the townspeople are corrupt. And so they're trying to assassinate him. And there are several bot assassination attempts. Um, And then the real inspector general comes to town. Um, There's comedy music. There's uh, John Ritter-style slapstick stuff. And I have not seen it in probably 20 years. So it's going to play very new to me. Um, You can watch this movie. I looked this up. You can watch this movie on Plex. You can watch this movie on Philo and Fubo. Some of these feel made up Google. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. On the Roku channel with a premium subscription. On Amazon Prime with a regular subscription. uh, Or on YouTube with a primetime subscription. It's 1949's The Inspector General, musical comedy, and uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Last time I saw it, I loved it, and I hope I still do, and I hope you guys don't hate it. So, hmm. there you
0: go. <clears throat> <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> all right, The Inspector General, that's uh, that's going to be a brand new experience for me, and I can't wait. Uh, all right. Do we have some <clears throat> time for some questions. I think we do. Any questions?
2: Question. Question. I got something to say. Oh. Oh
0: i am listening
1: uh i'm gonna skip the first one about cats okay um, what are some examples of when mediocre is worse
0: than bad um so uh ridley scott's kingdom of heaven uh the theatrical mm. cut uh when when you have that kind of a pedigree going into a movie that looks so luscious and the trailer for kingdom of heaven is amazing. Um, and then you go in and you watch it and you're like, Oh, that was okay. (laughs) That's where it seems like it's worse than bad at that point. Like it would have been fine if it was terrible, but the fact that it's just like almost there, almost good. That's, that's where it sucks. And I also put in Ron Howard's the missing. I I haven't seen that movie since it came out, but that was another one that I felt like was just on the verge. It like had all the, had all the ingredients and it just was never outstanding. So, uh, so that was another one that I thought of in that, in that instance. But anyway,
1: interesting. I, uh, it's funny that you went with a Ridley Scott movie because I did too. Uh, American gangster with Russell Crowe and Denzel which uh, a gangster movie from ridley scott with denzel and russell crowe should be outstanding or laughably bad there is no middle ground here and that's exactly what they did they made it mediocre and long yeah uh i i have only watched that movie once i've seen pieces of it since then there's one or two scenes with denzel that i really like because denzel's always fun but uh that to me was pretty me- mediocre i also uh, wrote down same. Pushing yeah, I felt tin. The same
0: way about that movie yeah american gangster i felt the <laughs> same way about anyway sorry to interrupt no you're all right uh,
1: pushing tin was the other one i came up with which yeah
0: yeah felt like it had
1: an interesting premise and what we get is i think some lazy performances and a, mm. a wife swap storyline yeah and, and then we get almost a wedding singer ending in the plane
0: yeah it's so and-
1: weird yeah so it was just uh, i would i i can enjoy a movie that's just god awful i really can if it's god awful in a fun way but Mm -hmm. mediocre is worse than bad in those two instances all right yeah here's a interesting question considering they're going to make a sequel if you wanted to remake face off to make it into something vaguely watchable like face-off is not already watchable who would you cast in the two lead roles
0: i had to uh when i read this question i was like are they saying that the original face-off isn't watchable or are they saying if you remade face oh like i see how would you make it vaguely watchable i don't know but i'm going to tell you how you do you put in (laughs) you put in timothy oliphant playing the travolta character and then you can play walton goggins as the cage character and uh so you have a justified reunion and honestly again just like in face off you can probably switch those two characters if you wanted to but i feel like oliphant is more of the family man who can play uh who can play then then play the slack cage slash travolta who's inside Mm. of travolta at the end uh but you know during the most of the movie and then i think Goggins should play the guy who is nicolas cage and maybe not going in in a priest outfit and doing all the nicolas isms that he does at the beginning of that movie but i could put his own his own like psychology into that character and then become the sensitive person who is inside the wrong body uh through most of the movie uh yeah. you know so i think i think both could play both probably but that's the way i saw it
1: i uh <clears throat> You know, I really don't think Travolta does a Nick Cage once they've switched faces. He just Not does really. he's just, evil he's Travolta. Just his usual,
0: yeah, he's just he's like his broken arrow, Travolta. Yeah,
1: that. he's like, uh, Pop's got a brand new bag. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Cage's character, Caster Troy never did anything like that in the, in the times that we've seen. Um, So it's funny that you went with a reunion of Justified. I'm going with a, a Hell or High Water reunion because Ben Ooh. Foster has to do the Nick Cage role and chris pine in the travolta role would give them both a chance to play the other one's specialty uh but we got to give that opening scene to ben foster because i think he could out crazy nick cage potentially he could um so that was that was my suggestion do we have any in the chat (laughs)
0: um it looks like chris evans and ryan gosling is up there Hmm. uh leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt Mm. um would be chris point. pratt and john krasinski <laughs> but but dave who oh, suggested that point. goes oh you wanted watchable <laughs> um uh and then uh slab says ryan reynolds and anna de armas bam <laughs> 700 million domestic it's not wrong. Uh, yeah dave says chris evans and hemsworth any of them really <laughs> so there you go yeah some good choices there all right i think that will probably do it for today okay that's gonna do it uh for this week uh the the inspector general is the movie for next week uh once again would like to thank everybody in chat who came out today to watch Mm -hmm. us live and give us some 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 feedback and everything and uh really appreciate you guys coming on week by week uh it makes the show better i believe but uh anyway uh we're going to uh we're gonna see uh we're gonna see you next week and uh see ya. Bye. 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 part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins chat with us on the cinema sins discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins twitter at cinema sins and email any comments or questions to rekatopia at cinema sins.com that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema sins.com
1: outtakes are just gonna be me talking to me how did you like the last of us
0: um i uh i like it so far i the because of all the technical difficulties and things like that going on through the stream i wasn't able to follow a lot of the story stuff going on uh i know mm. that story is very important to that that game but like mm. there were things happening where i like the best time to hear whether you've got sound problems or not is when they're talking and so like i would pause it while they were talking and then i would come back after a whole bunch of stuff and like what were they talking about again i don't remember right uh, yeah. but I, I get the sense that mm. uh they're smuggling uh this little girl with vaccine possibilities and that's the basic gist that of... is
1: basically correct yeah so
0: and um
1: yeah, this is probably, in my, just for me personally, I guess a lot of people are like this, but this is probably the best video game story I think I've ever played. Hmm. Um, and I actually could have enjoyed, like, a, what's one of those games where it's... Uh, it's a story, and there's, there's like, no action. There's no fighting. You just make choices. Mm-hmm. I, I could take this game like that without having to fight any of the zombies. Maybe doing some sneaking. Yeah. But um, the story's that strong. The second one is just as good.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I was dying a hundred times in a row. And uh, I was kidding. I was kidding uh, uh, unmercifully. Yeah. Uh, uh, taken the task for that because i guess everybody who's ever played this game beat it in one one sitting i don't know no
1: actually i saw a tweet yesterday of a guy who said is the hbo version of the last of us gonna have him die a hundred times and then rage quit <laughs> <laughs> hey i spoiled um glass onion for patrick oh and, really and i haven't even seen glass onion <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we were talking about it he asked if i'd seen it and i said no and he um shared some thoughts and said you know the mystery's kind of boring so far but uh it looks pretty i'm liking it uh, and then later on um i said yeah i haven't seen it but you know i already know what happens he's like oh well i wasn't going to like tell you the who and the done it mm. and, and then i said well i know blank yeah and he goes well i'll, I'll let you know when i finish it and oh. i was
0: like oh no. Well, oh, he I was saying it s- sounded yarding. like he said he had seen it.
1: I mean, I didn't have I didn't have the same reaction when uh, um, co-manager Laura spoiled <laughs> the sixth sense. For yeah. me. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I wasn't mad, mad.
0: Well, and that's because in the sixth sense, it's just it, you're not really ex- you're not in M Night world yet, and you know we don't know what M Night is uh, as a director yet, and you don't know think- that there's a surprise coming. You just think it's a horror movie. So yeah, so that surprise is like like you know one of the best things uh, ever, and to have somebody spoil it for you before you go in and watch it doesn't ruin that it's a good movie, but it does ruin your first ever experience with it, which is so yeah. crucial a lot of times with whatever yeah. you watch.
1: There is one thing about M Night that I really respect, which is that somehow, and it's mostly to do with glass, from what I understand, he just funds his own movies now Hmm. he made glass with his own money and that movie made bank Mm -hmm. and he took it all and then i think he made that old movie that i hate yeah i still haven't seen that oh geez you're not missing anything Mm. um but then he's got this cabin knock at the cabin movie yeah looks interesting Mm -hmm. um and you know he's made a lot of films that i really like but i do respect that he kind of tyler parried himself and just became his own studio yeah um even even uh even coppola is doing um this is it coppola
0: no well it is coppola but 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 (laughs) it is coppola but aaron on the private chat was like old is good fight me oh my god oh my god aaron we will talk later Oh well, he's
1: using his wine profits to fund this me- Megalopolis movie that mm-hmm. has been his passion project. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, uh, to put—I mean, he's probably got way more money than his wine profits, but to put sure. that much of your own money on the line to bet on yourself, I think is pretty awesome.
0: But also, apparently, that's <laughs> not surprisingly, it's having all sorts of problems getting made. Well, uh, I read
1: that, and then he came out two days ago and, and said ha 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 just wait and see so okay i don't know if that's him (laughs) denying the rumors or saying you know i don't maybe that's just the way a 90 some year old guy responds these days i don't don't know
0: honestly care whether or not like if you if you finish the movie you you know it doesn't really matter how much chaos there was right i mean i guess you i mean if you finish it it usually you know a lot of times movies made with all that chaos end up being great um, but god how like you know how frustrating that is probably to like have a bunch of people and you're like we're well, gonna film for three months and then suddenly it's like can you add an extra month to that yeah you know can you add an, can you add another one it's like it's, it just keeps going and
1: going that's, that's, well and that hollywood doesn't schedule that way that flexibly I no mean, most of these people have already lined up other jobs yep. that they're gonna go to so that's what sort
0: of the eyes wide shut thing was all about like there were so many people in there that had to check out because the shoot lasted nearly a whole year and they thought they were only going to be there some people only thought they were going to be there for a month or something like that and then it ended up going past and i think kubrick told tom cruise and nicole kidman just don't have anything ready for the next year and they agreed to do that